Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for today's reading. Thank you that today's May 24th. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Lord. That your word speaks to us in the night seasons and when we get up and instructs us in which way to go. We delight, Lord, in your word and we thank you for your promises. They're yes and amen in and through Christ Jesus. We just say yes, 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 yes. Have your way, Lord, in our readings today. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive. Open our understanding, Lord. Allow us to be more than willing, Lord, to give you praise and thanksgiving for the opportunity to read and have time and pleasure reading your word. Amen. Okay, May 24th, 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 1. When Ishbosheth, Saul's son, heard about Abner's death at Hebron, he lost all courage, and all Israel became paralyzed with fear. Now there were two brothers, Bana and Rechab, who were captains of Ishbosheth's raiding party. They were sons of Rimon, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, who lived in Beerot. The town of Birat is now part of Benjamin's territory because the original people of Birat fled to Gitaim, they, there where they still live as foreigners. Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Mephiphosheth, who was crippled as a child. He, he was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard... <coughs> the news she picked up and fled <coughs> Saul's son Jonathan had a son named Melchizedek now let's start over go ahead come on come on, come on. keep reading Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Mephibosheth, who was crippled. who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him, and he became crippled. One day, Rechab and Banah, the sons of Rimon and uh, from Beerot went to Ishobeth's. You can say Set. Ishboset. Ishboset's house around noon as he was taking his midday rest. The doorkeeper, who had who had been sifting wheat, became drowsy and fell asleep. So Rechab and Bana slipped past her. They went into the house and found Ishbosheth sleeping on his bed. They struck and killed him and cut off his head. Then taking his head with them, they fled across Jordan Valley through the night. When they arrived at Hebron, they presented Ishbosheth's head to David. Look, they exclaimed to the king, here's the head of Ishbosheth, son of your enemy Saul, who tried to kill you. Today the Lord has given my lord the king revenge on the Saul and his entire family. But David said to Rechab and Banah, 
The Lord who saved me from all my enemies is my witness. Someone once told me Saul is dead, thinking he was bringing good news to me. But I seized him and killed him at Ziglag. That's the reward I gave him for his news. How much more should I reward evil men who have killed an innocent man in his own house and on his own bed? Shouldn't I hold you responsible for his blood and rid the earth of you? So David ordered his young men to kill them, and they did. They cut off their hands and feet and hung their bodies beside the pool in Hebron. Um, then they took Ishbosheth's head and buried in in Abner's tomb in Hebron. <coughs> then all the tribes of Israel went to David at Hebron and told them, "We are your own flesh and blood." In the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord told you, "You will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be Israel's leader." So there in Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel. David was 30 years old when he began his reign, and he reigned 40 years in all. He had reigned over Judah from Hebron for seven years and six months, and from Jerusalem he reigned all over Israel and Judah for 33 years. David then led his men to Jerusalem to fight against the Jebusites. The original inhabitants of the land were living there. The Jebusites taunted David, saying, You'll never get in here. Even the blind and lame could keep you out. For the Jebusites thought they were safe. But David captured the fortress of Zion, which is now called the city of David. On the day of the attack, David said to his troops, I hate those lame and blind Jebusites. Whoever attacks them should strike by going into the city through the water tunnel. That is the origin of the saying, the blind and the lame may not enter the house. So David made the fortress his home and he called it the city of David. He extended the city, starting at the supporting terraces and working inward. And David became more and more powerful because the Lord God of the heaven armies was with him. Amen. <clears throat> then King Hiram of Tyre sent messages to David along with cedar timber and carpenters and stonemasons. And they built David a palace. And David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. After moving from Hebron to Jerusalem, David married more concubines and wives, and they had more sons and daughters. These are the names of David's sons and daughters who were born in Jerusalem. Shamua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibar, no, Ibar, Elishua, Nepeg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada and Elipelet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. 
But David was told they were coming, so they went into their stronghold. The Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. So David asked the Lord, Should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, Yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Baal-perizim okay, and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named that place Baal-perizim, which means the Lord burst through. The Philippines had uh, Philippines. <laughs> the Philistines had abandoned their idols there, so David and his men confiscated them. But after a while, the Philistines returned and again spread out across the valley of Rephaim. And again, David asked the Lord, "What, what to do? Do not attack them straight on," the Lord replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees when you hear a sound like a marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees be on the alert that will be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine armies so David did what the Lord commanded and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer then or Gizer. Um, then David get, again gathered all the elite troops in Israel, 30,000 in all, and he led them to Baala of Judah to bring back the Ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies, who is enthroned between the cherubims. They placed the Ark of the God on a new cart and brought it from Abinadab's house, which was on a hill. Uzziah and Ahio, Abinadab's sons, were guiding the cart as it left the house, carrying the Ark of God. Ahio walked in front of the Ark. David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments. Lyres, harps, tabourines, castanets, and cymbals. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nakan, the oxen stumbled, and Uzziah reached out his hand and steadied the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him dead. Because of this, so, because of this, so Uzzah died right there beside the ark of the covenant. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against <clears throat> Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it's still called today. David was now afraid of the Lord, and he asked, How can I ever bring the Ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided not to move the Ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of God. The Ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Amen. Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the Ark. 
So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with the shouts of joy and blowing the ram's horns. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in a place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said and discussed how, dis how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michal, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than, than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Um, so Michal, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about our commentary. That is commentary on this book. Uh, you know, you wrote down right here, the Lord of the Breakthrough. Yes. That's in verse... It's in... Um, 18, 19? 20. Verse 20, where it says, So David went to Baal-perizim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord the Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named that place Baal-perizim, which means the Lord who burst through. Amen. Now see right here it says that the blessings God gave to David were for the people of God. God blessed David the authority to serve for David maintained his authority maintained a close relationship with God. Whatever authority we may have is not for our own benefit but for the benefit of others. God blesses us so we can be a blessing to others. These are the study notes on this Bible. Um, well we talked about the only interesting thing it says right here is when it says uh, David realized that the Lord has made him, established the king over him, uh -huh. the kingdom, or mm -hmm. something like that. That was really interesting. I always like, did he know all along? Uh -huh. But what was going on that uh, it says, and then David realized that the Lord had established the kingdom over him. That was interesting wherever that said. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, before that, let's find it. Um, the other thing that's interesting on, on this passage is when it says when David was 30 years old, he became king of Israel. So like we said before that we believe that David must have been a lad when he was playing the harp for King Saul. And then he grew up a few years and when he fought Goliath, he must have been about 17. So, And then he was about 23 years old when he took over Judah and he, he reigned as king for seven years. And then he took over the Israel at 30. 30. And he says he reigned for 33 years. So 33 and 7 is 40. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but what about all the, all the time that he was being chased by uh, yeah, Saul? Yeah. So he must have been chased to Saul. How many years? Less than 10 years, about 8 years. Wow. And here I thought it was more, but it's still a long time, huh? Yeah, it's a long time to be chased. Yeah. Uh, how about in closing, I guess, do you have any more on that? Yeah, just at the beginning how the fear set in with Melchizedek, who was crippled as a child, he was five, when the news came in that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in the battle, and then the nurse heard, so she fled in fear, and sad that he got crippled at that point, you know, because of a fear, fear factor. Um, okay, and I, I see here where you're saying, it, it's in 12, it's over here on this side, uh, about says, and David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Well, yeah, over here. Okay, that's where it is. Just gonna point it out. You sure it's twelve? Uh, yeah, over here. Look, <laughs> can't see that far. I can't see from here. Well, I have six twelve. Six twelve. Are you talking about? Uh. Okay, I'll find it. Oh, I see it now. Okay. And David realized that the Lord, that was 512. Mm -hmm. And David realized that the Lord has confirmed him as king over Israel and has blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Really interesting, that passage. Bless his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. So we have to realize that the Lord has put us in this position in Glendora and has confirmed us, his children and his ambassadors, and, and has given us loads of benefits. And that we realize that we are, we've been blessed in the kingdom of God for the sake of his people, that he, his people that he brings to us for uh, instruction, for friendship, for direction. That we may be keenly aware 
of the devil's tactics against people and be able to break the power of the devil and teach the people to be self-sufficient in the word of God and send them on their way, which is a cool profession. Um, and it's great, it's great to see the trend of David who's consulting with the Lord. Should I go and do this, Lord? You know, it, it just said he was asking him before, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord replied, yes, go ahead. I'll certainly hand them over to you. And that's when the Lord broke through, gave him a breakthrough at that place. And then, and the next time, the next battle, it was like, and David asked the Lord what to do. And the Lord told him a different strategy, which is do not attack them straight on, the Lord replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar tree. And then when you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, be on the alert. That will be the signal, okay? The Lord's giving a signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. So it's it's really good that the you know he's consulting his Lord, the Lord to to find out what to do. And um, <coughs> you know and and it's it may, it, it's like it's different the second time around. So we have to realize that the Lord there's different strategies for different battles, you mm -hmm. know. Um some battles might require us to let the Lord fight the battle for us. And then another season when we might go in might mean that we have to, you know, do more, do more declaring, uh, declaring and more speaking the word of God and taking authority. You know, it just depends on, we have to learn to, to know what the Lord is doing. Um, he just might want you to rest during that time as you get your breakthrough. So it's just. A good, the Lord has different strategies. He's never going to give you the same strategy usually. When He blesses you this way, He may bless you in another way. Amen. You know, he's not Amen. the He's not a same old, same old type of God. Amen. Um, yeah, I found out the hard way when He blessed me once, and I thought He's going to bless me again like that. Uh -huh. The anointing coming home from coming down from heaven, mm. and it didn't happen. So I had to go to work. Like I said I had to go. I, I noticed that when I prayed somebody, there was always money and work and time involved in picking up the pieces, you know, and finishing up. Because the prayer, the Lord of the breakthrough, the prayer was accomplished, and then I would go, mm -hmm. you know, minister or help somebody, you know, on hand. So it mm -hmm. kind of went, the two went together. Amen. Okay, um, anything else? Yeah, in chapter 6, verse 1, it's interesting that he went to go get the the Ark of God, mm -hmm. and he took 30,000 elite troops from battle with mm -hmm. Israel. Yeah. I mean, 30,000. That's a lot of men. To bring back the Ark, and, and then they moved every six feet, and they killed an animal. I mean, it would have taken months to get <laughs> back to Jerusalem uh -huh. with the Ark. You know, you would think, unless they, they moved six feet, and then they walked for a long ways, and then they stopped. Where does it say he moved for six feet? Yeah, they just moved for six feet. Um, and it says, um, uh, 
said he was doing the burnt offerings. Oh yeah, that was after That's I, the second after time. Isaiah died. Yeah. Okay. Now, there he was. Then he came, and then he went to Obed Edom's house to carry in yeah. because of the blessing of you know it's kind of interesting what kind of blessing that spread throughout the country nation that he was being blessed for three months. You know, what did he find gold in his property? Did he did he multiply greatly with his sheep and cattle and so forth? Did his grain, you know, uh, have bumper crops all over the place? It doesn't say, but, you know, other people say that the word blessing is he empowered him to prosper for three months. Okay, right here it says in verse 13, After the man who carried the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fat calf. I think it was uh, just when they picked up the ark and then they moved it six steps. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. It doesn't say that every six step they stop. I'm sorry. It mm -hmm. just says... I think when they picked it up for the first time and they went forward. And I really enjoy uh, how David told that girl, you know, uh, he retorted back. I was in 21. I was dancing before the Lord when she said, uh, who chose me above your father. You know, he, he punched her in her stomach too and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrated before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. Uh -huh. Pretty cool, huh? Yep. I like that we said, I, so I am distinguished. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, just going back up there to Oba-Edom, when the ark was there, it said here, the, the ark, okay, in 11, it says, the ark... Of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Okay. Then King David was told, "The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household, and it says everything he has because of the Ark of God. Everything he has." What do you, well, how is it blessed? How is everything blessed? Everything. Explain to me. They were prospering. Well, what does it mean to prosper? Everything he has. He must have had, he must have been like a small city, you know, to uh, like a big ranch, you know. And Did he win the lottery or what? How did he prosper? I, I don't know, but it just goes to show you with, they took the ark and then, was the same blessing. thing for us. The we're, blessing. we're Christians, and we we won the lottery with Jesus as our jubilee. You know, and and we're receiving loads of blessings. Loads, yeah, yeah. I mean, really loads of blessings. So it's like you're under the blessing when you're under the ark. You know, the ark was there. It's like the ark would be parked out here, and we would be getting blessed because of the, we have, the presence of God. But we have the ark in our hearts now. We have Jesus, the, yeah. the seat. And, you know, to appropriate his blessings, what he's done on the cross is awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on. I'm going to read John 13, 31 to 14. 14. Mm -hmm. 
As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will soon give glory to the Son. Dear children, I will be with you only in a little longer, and as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, You can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord? He asked, I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, Die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. 14.1. Don't let your hearts be troubled, Peter. No, I don't say Peter. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will be always be with me where I'm going and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how we, can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would have known my Father is, who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know me, know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Amen. What did you get? Um, just, a, just a reiteration of he keeps emphasizing the Father. You know, uh -huh. John in the book of John, it, Jesus came to reveal the Father, and um, uh, so. It, and then, it, you know, he just keeps saying, "If you'd really known me, you would know the Father." From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Uh, but as you go through down at the end of the chapter here. You know, it, it's like, it's all about believing. Because he keeps saying, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? 
and the words I speak are not my own but my father who who lives in me does his work through me just believe that I'm in the father and the father is in me or at least believe here's a word believe again because of the work you have seen me do I tell you the truth anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done so I just I mean like within here I just circle believe 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 so it's just just only be, just believe Jesus wants us to believe he came to reveal the father and you know just believe just believe that he's in the father and the father's in him and you know ask anything in his name and it'll be done amen amen um, believe us a little child and I know I notice how he says right here on John 13 1 the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into His glory, and God will be glorified because of Him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, then He will soon give glory to the Son. Um, glory is like power, glory, glory. When a miracle is done, it just it, it glows. It, it glows with, with awe and amazement to the crowds. And, you know, and it gives you belief. You know, your heart just sinks to see someone heal someone, to have a leg grow or someone's ear open uh, through the glory of the miracle-working power of God. Or you feel it. You go down mm -hmm. on, on the ground and speaking in tongues because of the power of God. It's the glory you give awesomeness of God um, going back to um, when he was telling Peter Peter said you know uh, he would die for Jesus and Jesus answered die for me I tell you the truth Peter before the rooster crows tomorrow morning you will deny three times that you even knew me and he and then John chapter 40 goes right into don't let your hearts be troubled trust in God and trust also in me. Amen. Okay. Don't let your heart be troubled when you got a situation. Don't let your heart be troubled. Amen. Trust Amen. in God. Trust yeah, in Jesus. Yeah, there was no, that's probably the conversation kept going. There was no stoppage there. Jesus told him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, that's kind of like, that's the one thing that still wasn't resonating in my heart. Remember when we were watching that video with the lady uh -huh. who had, um, had a near-death experience? Yeah. Um, it was like, it, she was talking about love, but the path to get there, I don't know, the word says here, you can't get there unless you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's like, you know, a lot of her story, you know, it, it's, you know, seems valid. But uh -huh. that's the one part when she's having that conversation with Oprah that I'm like, uh-uh. It's not one of their, all these paths. Yeah, not all know? these paths, but it could be all these paths to Jesus. You know, that's, that's what I sense. Uh -huh. I'm working with a Japanese lady right now, and 
I'm telling her to thank God, thank God, and uh -huh. and I don't go down and find out well what's your bottom line religion, lady. Mm -hmm. You know, gee. Yeah. Because I know the same thing happened to me that I thank God so much I came up to Jesus, you know, to enter that door. You know, because Jesus could be at the end of the line that says, hey, I'm, and he showed himself to me, I'm it. Could that be, can people explain it that way? Because uh, when we were Catholics, we weren't there yet, but that's considered a path, right? There's little Mormons, little Jehovah Witnesses, there's uh, people, Buddhists, yeah. but when they come to, to a appointed time with Jesus Christ, uh -huh. You know, uh, in their hearts, they were thinking they were doing good. Hmm. And then God knocked them over to the right because their actions kept calling, what's the truth, what's the truth, what's the truth? <sighs> and that's the general thing that we, when we talk to someone in AA, we can't, we have to uh, give them the, uh, use the general term God, and God can handle it. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and read the Psalms. Thank God for His Word. And we are going to tell, do, do the same works as Jesus has done and even greater works. I think that's already happening too. When, when someone opens up to you and they start pouring out their wisdom out of the depths of their heart, you have drawn it out. And in their minds, like the Bible says, Proverbs, they're already causing the answer and the healing to come and the peace and, and the joy and the confidence that their their wisdom is giving them restoration and others because they're compiling all their information with the, what they suffered. In other words, this time we spent here together reading, when we go in front of the, the uh, other people, I mean, we don't know how big that bubble is, that encompassing presence of God we bring into it. I used to notice it, you know, a few years ago. I don't notice it as much anymore. And guys would tell me, man, when you're here, it's different. It's a meeting, you know, because mm -hmm. I would work hard on, and, uh, and I see it when other guys are there that are full of the Holy Spirit to make a difference in the meetings. I'm Fernando Orcaholic. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Pray the Psalms. Tell the Lord what your plans are for today. Then listen. Okay. Invite Him to shape your day's plans through His Word. Psalms 119, 17 to 32. Be good to your servant that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truth in your instructions. I am only a foreigner in the land. Don't hide your commands from me. I am always overwhelmed with the desire for your regulations. You rebuke the arrogant, and those who wander from your commands are cursed. Don't let them scorn and insult me, for I have obeyed your laws. Even princes sit and speak against me, but I will meditate on your decrees. Your laws please me. They give me wise advice. I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. I told you my plans, and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. 
Help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. I cling to your laws, Lord. Don't let me be put to shame. I will pursue your commands for you. Expand my understanding. Amen. Proverbs 15, 31 and 32. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of today's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for creating us in your image, for your glory and your honor. Please be with us as we speak your word, Lord. You gave us breath and words. What else do we need, Lord? And you called us beloved and children of God. And, and we thank you. We're grateful. We're grateful for all the blessings you've given us. You daily load us with blessings. Thank you for truckloads of blessings, Lord. We praise you and we glorify you. Today is the 24th of the month. I'll be reading uh, Proverbs 24 in the Amplified. And probably the message, an easy to read version. I'll probably end up with the uh, New King James. Cool, huh? I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. God bless you. Here we go. Proverbs 23, 24, excuse me, Amplify, verse 1. Be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their minds plot oppression and devise violence, and their lips talk of causing trouble and vexation. Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family built, and by understanding it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong and is better than a strong man. And a man of knowledge increases and strengthens his power. For by wise counsel you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory and safety. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He opens not his mouth in the gate with the city rulers sit in judgment. He who plans to do evil will be called a mischief maker. The plans of the foolish and the thoughts of foolishness are sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to men. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Deliver those who are drawn away to death, and those who totter to the slaughter, hold them back from the doom. If you profess ignorance and say, Behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs and ponders the heart perceive and consider it? And he who guards your life, does not he know it? And shall not he render to you and every man according to his work? My son, eat honey because it is good, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. So shall you know skillful and godly wisdom to be dust to your life, 
If you find it, then there shall be a future and a reward, and your hope and expectation shall not be cut off. Lie not in wait as a wicked man against the dwelling of the uncompromising righteous, the upright and right standing with God. Destroy not his resting place. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked are overthrown by calamity. Rejoice not when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles or is overthrown. Lest the Lord sees it, and it be evil in his eyes, and displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him to expend it upon you, the worst offender. Fret not because of evildoers, neither be envious of the wicked, for there shall be no reward for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked shall be put out. My son, reverently fear the Lord and the King, and do not associate with those who are given to change of alliance and are revolutionary. For the calamity shall rise suddenly, and he who knows the punishment and ruin which both the Lord and the King will bring upon the rebellious. These also are sayings to the wise, to discriminate and to show partiality. Having respect of person in judging is not good. He who says to the wicked, you are righteous, and innocent people will curse him. Nations will defy and abhor him. But to those upright judges who rebuke the wicked, it will go well with them, and they will find the light, and a good blessing will be upon them. He kisses the lips and wins the hearts of men who gives a right answer. Put first things first. Prepare your work outside and get it ready for yourself in the field. And afterwards, build your house and establish a home. Be not a witness against your neighbor without a cause, and deceive not with your lips. Say not, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay back the man for his deed. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And behold, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles, were covering his face, and his stone wall was broken down. Then I beheld, and I consider it well. I looked and received instructions. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hand to sleep, so shall your poverty come as a robber and your want as an armed man. Amen. We're going to do the easy to read version because Proverbs 24. Don't be jealous of evil people. Have no desire to be around them. In their hearts they plan to do evil and they talk about his making trouble. Good homes are built on wisdom and understanding. Knowledge fills the room with rare and beautiful treasures. Wisdom makes a man more powerful. Knowledge gives a man strength. Get good advice before you start a war. To win, you must have many good counselors or advisors. Fools cannot understand wisdom. They have nothing to say when people are discussing important things. If you start planning ways to do wrong, people will learn that you are a troublemaker. Such foolish plans are wrong, and people have no respect for someone who laughs at what is right. If you are weak in times of trouble, that is real weakness. If you see someone, <clears throat> someone on their way to death, 
<clears throat> or in danger of being killed, <clears throat> you must do something to save them. You cannot say, it's none of my business. The Lord knows everything. And He knows why you do things. He watches you and He will pay you back for what you do. My son, eat honey. Eat is good. Honey straight from the honeycomb is the sweetest. In the same way, know that wisdom is good for you. Wisdom will give you something to hope for that will not disappoint you. Don't be like a criminal who makes plans to rob those who are good or take away their homes. Good people might fall again and again, but they always get up. It is the wicked who are defeated by their troubles. Don't be happy when your enemy has troubles. Don't be glad when they fall. The Lord will see this and he might be upset with you and decide not to punish your enemy. Don't let those who are evil upset you and don't be jealous of them. They have no hope. Their light will burn up. Son, respect the Lord and the King and don't join with those who are against them because people like that can quickly be destroyed. You have no idea how much trouble God and the king can make for their enemies. These are also words from the wise. A judge must be fair. He must not support some people simply because he knows them. The people will turn against a judge who lets the guilty go free. Even the people of other nations will curse him. But if a judge punishes the guilty, then people will be happy with him and he will be a blessing to them. An honest answer is as pleasing as a kiss on the lips. First get your field ready, next plant your crops, and then build your houses. Don't speak against someone without a good reason. If you will appear foolish, don't say, you hurt me, so I will do the same to you. I will punish you for what you did to me. I walked past a field that belongs to a lazy man. It was a vineyard that belonged to someone who understood nothing. <laughs> Weeds were growing everywhere, wild vines covered the ground, and the wall around the vineyard was broken and falling down. I looked at this and thought about it. This is what I learned. A little sleep, a little rest, folding your arms and taking a nap. These things will come, will make you poor very quickly. Soon you will have nothing as if a thief broke in and took everything away. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and just jump to <clears throat> Psalms 24 in the New King James Version for time. Everything is self-explanatory. The Amplified and the Easy to Read version did a great job of uh, dissecting those hidden meanings and those proverbs. All right, now let's go to Psalm. <coughs> Psalms 24, verse 1. One of my favorite psalms is, The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. 
Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has a clean hand and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Amen. 24. We'll go to 54. Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the word of my mouth, for strangers have risen up against me, and oppressors have sought after my life. They have not said God before them. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. Cut them off in your truth. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble. And my eye has seen his desire upon my enemies. Psalm 84 verse 1 how lovely is your tabernacle O Lord of hosts my soul longs yes even faints for the courts of the Lord my heart and my flesh cry out to the living God even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young even your altars O Lord of hosts my king and my God Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appear before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield, and look upon the face of your anointing. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Amen. We'll go 84, we'll go to 114, verse 1. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob, from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled, Jordan turned back, the mountains skipped like rams, the little hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you fled? O Jordan, that you turned back, O mountains, that you skipped like rams, O little hills, like lambs, tremble, O Lord, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, 
who turned the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a fountain of waters. Amen. Now we go to Psalm 144. Verse 1. Blessed be the Lord my God, who trains my hands for wars and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge. Who seduced people under me? Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him? Or the son of man that you're mindful of him? Man is like breath. His days are like passing shadow. Bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Stretch out your hand from above. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters. From the hand of foreigners whose mouths speak lying words, and whose right hand is the right hand of falsehood, I will sing a new song to you, O God. On the harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you. The one who gives salvation to kings, who delivers David his servant from the deadly sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners, whose mouths speak lying words and whose right hand is a, is a right hand of falsehood, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in palace style, that our barns may be full, supplying all kinds of produce, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and tens and thousands in our field, that our oxen may be well laden, that there be no breaking in or going out, that there be no outcry in our streets. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Amen. <laughs> 